You're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast. Wow. Show about me? Thank you, Spidey, for that intro. I appreciate it. This is episode 31 for April 2008. We're continuing our two-part spectacular Spider-Man episode with actor Josh Keaton, who plays Peter Parker in Spider-Man on the show, and the producer Greg Weissman. Now we pick up with a question about some 60s animated villains coming back to make a guest appearance on the show. Uh, DXD, uh, he says, fantastic show, guys. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the 1967 cartoon. Is there any chance some of those villains will ever pop up, like uh, Parafino and his wax museum, or Doctor Noah Body? <laughs> Greg, you're three. Season. <laughs> no, there's not a lot of chance. If I'm being honest, not a lot of chance. <laughs> We've got so many great, great Spider-Man villains, you know. And and you can tell just by the fact that you know two seasons worth of villains, I couldn't fit them all. Like you know, I keep saying season three partially as a joke, but partially because hey, through two seasons, I couldn't fit them all. Yeah. Um, so the notion that we're going to get to some very obscure characters um, from the from one of the previous cartoon series when we've still got so many great um, you know classic members of Spider-Man's Rogues Gallery to get to. You know, it's just—it's it, it, not realistically going to happen. And he also asks about the levels of violence on the show. Like, can you show a character like the Punisher, even if he's toned down, like he was in the animated series? Could you do a violent character like that? Or, well, I mean, I, I'm going to let the audience judge that for themselves. I mean, I, uh-huh. I think on one level you could look at the episodes, the five episodes we've aired already, and uh, and that's the level of violence both that we're allowed and that we want. Um, it's not violence for violence sake, but, you know, we've got a lot of great action in there, and there's some, I think, incredibly exciting battle sequences in, in these episodes, um, which I can say without modesty because, I, you know, I didn't storyboard them. I didn't direct these shows. Um, uh, you know, we've got a terrific, you know, Vic Cook leads a terrific, terrific art staff, great directors. Um, you know, we have great first and second season directors, great, great storyboard artists who've just done an incredible job and, and, and some really great animation from overseas that has given us tremendous action. And, you know, in, in essence, the violence level is where we want it to be. So if the fans, you know, if this fan or any fan likes it, then great. And if they feel like uh, it's not good enough, then they're not going to be too happy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Persian Spider, he's all the way from Iran. That, so, you guys, are, are you showing the car- cartoon in Iran? I mean, that I know of. But, I, I but guess hey, he's seeing it somehow. It. <laughs> hey, YouTube and BitTorrent. There you go. He talks about DTVs. I guess that's direct to video. And he's wanting to know after, I guess, the runs over on the, on, uh, the air, if you're going to ever adapt any of the, the uh, grown-up Spider-Mans, like Craven's Last Hunt or the death of Gene DeWolf. He'd love to see that. I guess it's kind of like, you know, Warner Brothers put out the uh, the Justice League New Frontier DVD recently, how they adapt the storylines, I think is where his question's kind of coming from with that. That's well, the- I think we've kind of answered that. I mean, um, you know, if, if all goes well, the answer, I'm not going to address any specific story. Right. Craven or Gene or whatever. Um, Gene's been in the show since episode one. Um, and I'm aware of her history. Um, 
uh, Craven uh, is uh, will show up uh, starting uh, with episode 15, and uh, um, I'm aware of his history as well. I'm not going to address any specific story, but mm-hmm. the general hope. Again, this isn't like a corporate plan. I'm only speaking for myself. I should make sure I'm clear on that. Right. My general hope for the series is that um, that you know we go on to do direct-to-videos or direct-to-DVDs, I should say, um, that uh, age with our audience, so that we can do more mature stories as we go forward. Uh, Viper from Johannesburg, South Africa, says has a question for Josh. Uh, besides Spider-Man. Uh, what's your favorite uh, voice role that you've done in uh, animation and video games? Who do you like? Who's up there? Let's see. Um, I, I really enjoyed being Ocelot in Metal Gear Solid 3. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, and again, that was another another thing uh, where, like Spider-Man, I had no... Well, no, with Spider-Man, I knew how big of a following there was because I was part of that following. With, with Metal Gear, I had no idea how big of a following that game had until uh, until I was in enmeshed in it. Um, that was cool. Um, Hercules, Hercules was fun. The Disney animated movie. I was, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I was young Hercules before he goes through his whole training montage and becomes Tate Donovan. Um, <laughs> but that was that was fun. You got to work with some great people. Uh, Danny DeVito, Rip Torn, just really really cool people. Yeah. Um, Sweet. Yeah, I, I would say that those would probably be a couple of my favorites. Were you actually in the booth with those guys, or did you record those all by yourself? Um, I was in the booth with Rip, um, and then Danny DeVito I saw uh, coming into the session as I was leaving. Uh, <laughs> That's cool. But uh, yeah, it was it was cool. They were both really really nice guys. Yeah. I, I asked simply because usually features tends, and I don't I don't want to say in absolutes, but tends to record people one at a time, whereas TV tends to record, you know, ensemble style. Sure. So I was curious. Sure. Uh, Zarius asks a question for Greg. What was your primary motivation for establishing Gwen as more of a junior science nerd as you've talked about wanting viewers to care about Eddie when he begins to de- uh, develop into what will become Venom? So, um, Well, with Gwen, um, what we tried to do is, again, think in terms of what are the fundamental truths about the character um, and who she is, and then extrapolate backwards because, um, in the you know in the original Lee Ditko and Lee Ramita comics, Gwen wasn't introduced until Peter's college career. So we did two things: one, we modernized it from the '60s to the aughts. <laughs> I still don't know what to call this decade. Um, and <laughs> two, you know, we extrapolated backwards. What was Gwen like in high school? And the thing to keep in mind about Gwen is that Gwen was always a science nerd. Right. Um, now, she was a hot <laughs> science nerd, but for me, you know, Mary Jane was always the hot redhead, and Gwen Stacy was the cool blonde, and um, and that's what I, you know, that is the, for lack of a better term, the Betty Veronica dynamic that I remembered, again, from when I was first reading comics, but, you know, when I got this gig... I went back and read these comics really carefully, and the truth is, is that Gwen was always, you know, neck and neck with Peter in terms of science. Peter was always just a little bit, you know, it was one of the things that she admired about Peter is just how smart he was. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it wasn't about his looks. It was literally one of the things that really attracted her to Peter was his big old brain. <laughs> um, and And so we just sort of said, okay, Yes, it's possible we could have played Gwen as hot from 
you know, she was hot from sixth grade, whatever. We could have done that. Mm-hmm. But it seemed to us uh, more interesting, particularly given the dynamics that we have coming, um, which are, I don't want to spoil too much, but um, to say, okay, what if Gwen wasn't like that from day one? What if Gwen is someone who blossomed more? A lot of people don't blossom until they get to college or, or later in life. And, and uh, you know, not everybody is who they're going to be in high school. Mm-hmm. But we made some choices, but we felt like these were choices that were very true to the essence of who Gwen Stacy was or at least would have been back in high school once you said it in contemporary time. Uh, this one's aimed for Josh. What, what do you believe is the best dialogue you've ever spoken in games or a series, and why do those lines connect with you? I think he's asking you to show off the voice. <laughs> do you have a favorite line uh, that you've had to read? In uh, in Spider-Man. Let's see. Um, now you have to say it as Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm trying to think of something that uh, that's already been aired that I can give away. Any... any uh, let me see. Any any ideas, Greg? <laughs> well, I gotta say, uh, I'm I'm really I am kind of partial. It's maybe it's too sappy. It's maybe <laughs> not what people are looking for. But I, I kind of love that speech at the end of episode one, where you know the day's just been crap. Yeah. And yet she's serving you banana cream pie, you know, and <laughs> and and to me, um, and I am a big sap. I'll admit that up front. But and also, I wrote the episode, so I'm completely biased and uh, <laughs> here, but. Still, it was your performance that did it. It just sort of chokes me up a little bit. Um, you know, that that last monologue there where, <clears throat> excuse me, internal monologue where um, you're just so grateful for me being in your life. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I thought that was just, just a terrific performance. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. I, I And... and... I, it's not that I'm trying to get out of doing the Spidey voice. I'll definitely, uh, you know, before we go, say a couple things. But sure. um, a lot of a lot of my favorite dialogue comes from episodes that have not been aired yet, um, right. particularly season, uh, season three, uh, right? No, 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 no. Actually, <laughs> see, see, season one, but particularly yeah. the, the very very final the very final arc of season one that where it does get a little dark. Right. Um, I, I there's just some fantastic dialogue in that and and the scenes and the way they're written they're they're just they're awesome i can't i can't wait to see them myself right uh spider-man hero 12 asks josh what do you find most interesting about spider-man what i find most interesting is how spider-man is almost like a drug to him where um the more he's Spider-Man, the harder it is for him to continue his normal life without Spider-Man, and he's always having to go back to being that. Um, I, I'm, I, I love those kind of you know dualities where where there's these two competing sides of somebody that, um, and and in this case are are really really larger than life, um, and, and I think that that would probably be my favorite thing. Um, but to be quite honest. I think another one of my other favorite things about him would be. Um, well, actually, I think I might be getting off track. Could you repeat the question? One I more? just asked what what uh, you find most interesting about him. And, and oh, about about uh, yeah. I mean, one of the things that I really thought was lost in the films that I I love about Peter Parker um, is well, for one, the the mechanical web shooters because I think organic. I guess it was to save time in the films without having to explain it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I really love how how endearing it is that 
you know, no, nobody told him he had to shoot webs. He gets he gets bit by by the spider. He gets all these powers. He can stick to walls, and he thinks, yeah, I should shoot webs. You know, and he makes <laughs> he makes the shooters himself. He designed. Yeah. I, mean, I think that that was a great part of his personality that that we didn't get to see in the films. And and also, uh, I love I love how he uses his his knowledge of science to turn the fights. Uh, in his favor, you know, because at the end of the day, he he can't go toe to toe slugging it out with some of these guys, and and when when he can rely on his other stuff, the the stuff where you know people might look at Peter Parker and and think that he's not a cool guy, but you know what, Spider Man's pretty cool, and he's using these quote unquote dorky things to to win battles. You know, it's right. that's awesome. probably one of my favorite things about him. Uh, Spider-Man Hero 12's question is for Greg. He asks about the symbiote suit. How many episodes will Peter have the suit? I mean, we see it in the opening. He's in the black suit. Is that coming season one? Um, I, I've never confirmed or denied the symbiote suit one way or the other. <laughs> Dude, you have an action figure. <laughs> season um, three. I'm, I'm just flat out not answering that question. Uh, okay. Just be a bastard about it. Uh, Hobo. Speaking of action figures, you guys have those on your desks. The the new ones are um, out. I have the the one of Spidey that hangs from the web, hanging in the back window of my car. Oh, that's not that not that I'm a dork or anything. <laughs> Greg is and your I desk. Do, oh, go I ahead. do plan on getting. I do plan on getting two sets of toys. One to not open and one to play with. Man. <laughs> Well, man, you are a geek. <laughs> I told you, man. And it was something that somebody asked me at one time. Wow. They, um, That's awesome, uh, though. From another website, they asked me. They said, uh, they said when I was talking about the toys and, you know, basically saying how big of a geek I was, he's like, yeah, I don't know how big of a geek you are. He's like, uh, when you buy the toys, he's, and I said, I already know what you're going to ask. And I said, I'm buying two, fair, two sets. <laughs> well, said, the, yeah, geek, the geeks meet every Thursday at 7. Feel free to join. <laughs> awesome. I will be there. Um, Greg, do you have the action figures on your desk? I, uh, have a huge collection of action figures, uh, scattered between my three offices. Um, oh, wow. I do not, though, have the new Spectacular Spider-Man action figures. Oh, um, I thought you'd be the first to have them on your desk. <laughs> to be honest, I'm kind of hoping they send them to me for free. But, um, <laughs> I'm kind of holding out. Uh, and so it becomes a, a question of which triumphs my geekiness or my cheapness. Um, so <laughs> Some, we'll sometimes have, they battle. <laughs> we'll have to see who wins that that no. that grand battle. Well, Greg, you'll have to get the you'll have to get the one that uh, that's going to be coming out that I I did some work on today. As a matter of fact, I'm not at liberty. Did you do a voice say, for it? Oh, that's awesome! Not a liberty, not a liberty to say, but uh, I did have a <laughs> session with Hasbro today. Wow, cool! So, that's very well, cool. We'll, we'll I didn't I did not know that. There you go. Uh, Goblin, uh, says, hi Greg and Josh, I absolutely adore the show so far. It's a geek gasm a minute. <laughs> That's great. That's an awesome word. Uh, geek gasm. Feel free to use it. <laughs> I, I will. I'm stealing one, that. One question is the rationale for having Emily Osborne, Norman's wife, on the show. Um, I think we felt, again, trying to build a, a a world that felt real in hindsight, you know, with the, with the virtue of hindsight, that um, there were a lot of single-parent families um, in uh, Spider-Man. Uh, maybe it was ahead of its time in that sense. Uh, but there, you know, Pete's living with his aunt, Gwen's living with just her dad, um, and it felt to us like having Harry also just living with his dad. It's like, okay, now you've got the three best friends, and they're each single, you know, every single one of them are, 
yeah. single parent. It, it just it, there was something about it that felt, I gotta say, fake. Um, and I don't think that was true when Stan and did it because by that time, by the time we met Gwen and Harry, um, Spider-Man had been a, around for, you know, had been through his whole high school career. I, I don't think that was true in the original stuff, but because we were taking Gwen and Harry and pulling them back to high school, to have all these three musketeers, so to speak, all come from that single-parent family just didn't feel right to us. And then in talking about what our options were, obviously we weren't going to change Peter, there was some brief, very brief discussion about Gwen's mom, mm-hmm. um, and there was discussion about Harry's mom, and um, and we felt that um, Emily would be a very, in the long term, a very, very interesting character for us. Whenever I have a goblin question, I go to Jr. Now, Jr. If I remember correctly, I only remember Emily being in one miniseries. Uh, has she is? Do you remember what that was, or am I totally off? Jr. Are you still there? <laughs> Jr. has fallen asleep. <laughs> well, we will come back to Jr. Eventually. No, no, I'm still here. Oh, well, there you I'm are. Still here. There you are. Well, talk about Emily Osborne. If I remember correctly, she's only been in one miniseries. Is that true, or? Yeah, that's true. She was only uh, she was seen in flashback and uh, just one miniseries. Okay. Is that uh, Greg? I guess you read that book back in the day to, to get her character. Um, you know, I've I've, I've uh, read a lot of stuff. Um, okay. So yeah, um, I, I've uh, it, some of it I read a long time ago. Some of it much more recently, but I've read a lot of stuff. Uh, Scooter says uh, the show is beyond great. And to quote the earlier one, it's a geekgasm. Uh, will we see the origin this season? Um, in a well, we saw an abbreviated version of it in, in episode one, and and, mm-hmm. and a very abbreviated version is in the main titles every week. Um, we will see a more detailed version of it of a sort in season one, um, although it, it won't. I don't think it comes across as your typical sort of. Okay, here's the origin. Um, but right. we we are going to get more detail on it in season one. He also and that happens in one of my favorite episodes of the season. Cool. He also asks about the weird mole under Peter's eye. <laughs> What's that about, Josh? Do you have a weird mole underneath your eye? <laughs> uh, I don't, but uh, myself or Greg can tell you who does. <laughs> Is it the designer? Don Cheeks Galloway has a. Uh, I wouldn't call it a weird mole, but he's got a. It's not hairy mole. Yeah. <laughs> got a mole. And uh, so there's a little bit of cheeks in, in there the you character go. he draws. And he also says the Ditko spider signal at the end of each episode is classic. Please keep using it. Uh, we are, have every intention of doing a version of of that kind of thing uh, in, in every episode. And that I uh, got a credit, uh, other than obviously the inspiration of Steve Ditko, I got a credit Vic Cook for, mm-hmm. for um, you know, really making sure that, we have some cool variation on it every single time. That's really his uh, one of the touches that he's brought to the show. And last month, and on the last podcast we talked about, and Jr. That was one of your favorite things of the of the whole episode was the the Ditko thing. Yeah, I it, it was just a, a fanboy moment when mm-hmm. uh, when that came on the screen. So uh, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it really felt like you were watching a car. Uh, you were it really felt like you were seeing the comic book translated to the screen. So yeah. you know, I thought yeah, it was a good. And- moment. Uh, yeah, I have the same reaction. I have the same reaction when I see that sort of half Spidey mask 
on Peter's face, you know, on those moments of irony or whatever when, uh, uh, you know, that, that Ditko half Spidey mask uh, yeah. thing also is another little favorite fanboy geekgasm of mine. So. <laughs> it's catching on, geekgasm. <laughs> uh, Nick Nightingale from Sterling, Illinois says, Josh, no questions, just rock on, dude. Sweet, uh, thank you. <laughs> Greg says, this one's to Greg. I'm enjoying the show, but it's been bugging me that J. Jonah Jameson has his name in the opening credits, even though he doesn't appear in most of the episodes. Will he and the Daily Bugle fill a larger role as the series continues? Yes. I mean, um, you know, again, because we were starting so early in Peter's career, um, we didn't feel like it made sense for him to already be working in the, at the Bugle. Uh, even Spider-Man was so new an entity in New York that, um, you know, we thought we had to build to it. So we we made sure we introduced Jonah in episode one. But I think you uh, see he had a much bigger role in episode four, and uh, he's got a huge role in episode six, and a big role in in, uh, seven through nine, and a substantial role in 10 through 13. And, and, uh, you know, he's a very important character, and again, it doesn't hurt that he's Dropped it funny every single time he's on yeah. screen. So um, he just eats up the scenery. There's going to be a lot of Jonah because I just a I love writing him and I just love what Darren does with it and I love what our artists are doing with yeah Bert's voice. So it's great. Uh, Jack Ups from Cambridge, United Kingdom. Uh, I love his avatar, by the way. It's Spider-Man grabbing the shocker and his whole avatar shaking <laughs> from the cartoon. Uh, Greg, what is your uh, favorite idea or thing from the Ultimate Spider-Man universe that you uh, adapted slightly into Spectacular and least favorite that you didn't want to adapt no matter what? Now, I know we've got Kong in there from the Ultimate universe. We've got Kong. I like, I like Kong a lot. Um, I wanted to make sure that um, you know we were doing, I think, a, a little bit more traditional version of Flash. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that Kong didn't, that Archon didn't um, complemented that more Ditko-esque Flash as opposed to uh, Lee Ditko-esque Flash as opposed to um, the the Bendis Bagley Flash who who I think is a, a different take on the character mm-hmm. um, and uh, um, I think that uh, you know. I borrowed tiny bits and pieces here and there from Ultimate. I mean, there's a little bit of, I, I know it probably doesn't feel that way to people, but there's, you know, we borrowed little bits of how he handled Doc Ock and, and a little bits of how he handled, um, Eddie Brock and, um, here and there. There's probably more that I'm just blanking out on at the moment. Um, the Eddie Brock but, thing, you know, I... again, my, my, my main, mm-hmm. my main resources are still Lee Ditko and Lee Ramita, but, I think I said this on the last podcast, you know, a good idea is a good idea, and I'm not shy about, you know, if Dennis has something that's really working on it, you know, I'll, 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 uh, I'll borrow it. Um, but, you know, it has to work with fundamentally what we're doing. So there are a lot of great things that he did that just don't fit with our approach. You know, it's not that I didn't like it. It's just that since we're doing X, Y, and Z, suddenly jump out and do Q doesn't fit, you know. So you have to... You really have to, you know, cherry pick. Um, not because I, not not in a critical sense, but just in a, you know, it's got to work organically with the whole, um, the whole overall picture. Yeah, so, I complete you. 
<laughs> Le- Leopard Lad from London uh, asks Josh, uh, did you have any doubts before accepting the role of Spider-Man? That's pretty b- big web shooters to fill. Uh, no, not at all. I mean, because at the end of the day, my, my desire to be Spider-Man well outweighed uh, any kind of fear or doubts that I would have had about, uh, about right. playing the role. And this one's for Greg. Uh, do you have any ideas when the show might come to the United Kingdom? God, I really don't. I'd, I'd love to say tomorrow, but I just, yeah. you know, they just don't tell me this stuff. And he also gives you props for having Crispin Freeman do the voice of Electro. Uh, Crispin and I are old friends. Um, in fact, we became uh, friends uh, um, uh, through uh, mutual acquaintance. It was actually a... Uh, the post-production assistant on the show, um, Jeffrey Anderson, and uh, uh, but we hadn't really worked together. We'd done little projects, but never actually um, worked together. We finally, I finally cast him in in uh, one episode of Witch, my last episode of Witch, where um, we were sort of hinting the big villain for season three of Witch, and then Witch got canceled. So, other than that one episode, we'd never really worked together. So I was I was thrilled to be able to use Crispin. He's so great and. Uh, um, and he was just fantastic, just listening yeah. to Max dissolve you know, <laughs> um, into Electro in that episode. Oh, my God, that was fun. And he's done um, great stuff with Electro since, too, that you guys haven't heard yet, but you will. Cool. Rayma Hughes from Glendale, California. This one's for Josh. In your opinion, as an actor, is voiceover acting more or less challenging than traditional acting? Um, I would say it's got it's, got its differences with... Uh, I wouldn't say one is more difficult than the other. There's the the challenge in voice acting is being able to convey everything that you can't see because when you're on camera, you obviously you know they could, your eyes if you're on the big screen if you're on the big screen your eyes are you know ten feet tall and you right. know it's it's very different. There's there's a lot more subtlety, a lot more nuance. But the the hard part about animation is being able to convey that same realism without it being overdone. Um, you know, because you do have to convey more with your voice. Um, but really, I would just say it's it's different. I wouldn't say that it's harder. Rayma's follow-up question to you is, do you have any insights into Peter Parker or Spider-Man that us non-actors might not share? Um, I would... No, because, I mean, a lot of my insight just comes from, from living a very... I mean, aside from the superhero part, a very similar type of life to Peter Parker, mm-hmm. um, and and in that in that sense, I think everybody can really identify with him and get those same kind of insights because he is about as close to an everyman as a as a superhero can get. Yep. Reg from the United States. That narrows it down. <laughs> Says Josh and Greg, welcome. Love the show. Everyone who works on it is doing a fantastic job. Uh, for Greg, any chance we'll see the Sinister Six? Yeah, you know, we thought about doing a villain team up, and I'm trying to think of what the right number of villains would be, and I, you know, maybe five, maybe seven. Uh, there's got to be a number in there that just feels right, but I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> I like that answer. That was good. Uh, Josh. That, by the way, was- Totally ripping off Steve Martin. Just <laughs> <laughs> All right, our next question is from Webhead770. Hey, guys, I love, 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 that was three loves, the show. <laughs> when do you expect the DVDs to start coming out? Uh, I, you know, I just don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I know they'll, uh, um, they're definitely coming out this calendar year, I, I, but I don't have dates or anything like that. I, yeah. um, 
I'm I think, sure I should know that, but I just don't. I think we were talking last time. Didn't you say that they're going to release three episodes on one disc, and once those are released, then it's going to be a big season set or something like that? Um, we're, we are in the process of cutting... Um, uh, well, we've already done the first three. We sort of cut it into a movie. It's got some right. new footage in it. And, um, oh, and we've cut the second three, um, which are, from a TV standpoint, episodes four, five, and six. Cut those oh. into a movie um, oh, wow. again with some new additional footage. Not a, not a ton, but a little bit of stuff and some stuff that we couldn't air for uh, standards and practices reasons on the on the network. Oh, sweet! And that that actually answers my question for Greg. <laughs> um, I wanted to know because I've been watching the shows and I noticed that there's a couple things that that were left out of the original script that I recorded from, and I was just wondering if those would be back in the DVD. So that's um, a... some are. I mean, some of it um, may have been cut for different reasons. Um, may have been cut for uh, length uh, before it even shipped, and so obviously, if we never animated it or storyboarded it, then it's not going to make it into the DVD, sure. but yeah. but some of the stuff got cut for length, um, uh, you know, when we did have the footage, and right. then some stuff got cut because, uh, for S&P reasons, and I think, I mean, I think anyone who's seen the show will know that we've, we've from an S&P standpoint, this, this show's pretty aggressive, um, uh, if you've seen, you know, like the lizard episode or the rhino episode, I think you uh, most people would agree with that. But there were still some things that uh, S and P wasn't. S and P, by the way, stands for standards and practices, which okay. is, uh, um, you know, Kids WB has uh, uh, standards and practices that they uh, expect their shows to observe. And right. some of the things we wanted to do didn't quite fit, and so we're putting those into the like from a versions. from a violence aspect and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. And also it, that big porn scene. But, <laughs> <laughs> Between Gwen and Mary Jane, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but to, just to clarify, you said that they're splicing three episodes into a movie. Will that will that movie be released on one DVD, or will they be season yeah. sets? I wonder. The movie will be released as one DVD. Each okay. movie will be released, I'm told, as a separate DVD. Okay. And season sets down the road, I guess, maybe? Uh, yeah, maybe. Okay. I, I would think so. Um, yeah. But I think the focus right now is on uh, these sort of the movies. movies that we're putting yeah. together. Because um, again, the okay. idea from the start was that yeah. we'd have these arcs and that uh, as much as possible, since they have to work as standalone episodes, they'd also work as, uh, um, as you know, these movies. Right, and that's one thing Spider fans have been asking for is the '90s series released in season sets, because they've released it, uh, like three episodes here out of order, etc. And, and I, I, it's tied up in litigation with Disney, is what I understand. But uh, but that's a big want for Spider fans in season sets from the all the all the series. You know, all, only the '67 series has been out on DVD. Yeah. So, all right, Alex Leg from the Philippines. This is uh, aimed at Josh. Love your Spidey, and the humor and confidence you give him is perfect for the character. And my questions are, how do you make your Spidey so funny? <laughs> um, a lot of that comes with the writing, and then um, really it's just a matter of, uh, of timing. Uh, I've, mm-hmm. I Actually, when it's, when it's up to me to make up jokes, I'm not a very funny guy, but I do <laughs> have pretty good timing. So, like, my girlfriend will make a joke, or my sister will make a joke, and 
I'll just deliver it at the right time, and they'll get mad because they'll be like, "Oh, that was my joke." I'm like, "Well, half a comedy is the timing, so I, just, I made it work." There you but, go. Uh, no, I'm I'm thankful that we got great writers that actually do have a really really good sense of humor, and they give me great stuff to work with. He also says, "How does it feel to be Spidey?" Has has uh, kids? What's the kid reaction been when they learn that you're the voice of Spider-Man and Peter? Oh, it's it's awesome. I mean, I, I haven't I haven't had. Uh, too much uh, recognition yet just because the show's only been on for for a few episodes but um i mean when when i do te- and it's not just kid reaction i mean i'll tell i'll tell people that are are my age or or even older than me and I, you know it's people that i have no idea but they'll actually be fans of the show and they'll be like oh my god you're you're on the new spider-man show and then we'll I'll get into this whole conversation it's it's great to really see how many spidey fans there are of of all ages that are are watching the show that you'd never know so you haven't done birthday parties yet? <laughs> uh, no, not yet. <laughs> You'd be a hit, trust me. <laughs> Sweet. To Greg, uh, love the show. So happy to see Stanley Ditko's run presented to the newer audience, considering many haven't read Stanley's stories, like MJ being shown at the in the later part of the series and Big Man. His first question: Are you planning to show obscure villains like the Looter, the Tinkerer, the Rocket Racer, and Big Wheel? I think I Hobie Brown was on on Wepa. Episode one, yeah, uh, yeah. Rocket Brown's yeah. been, uh, you know, he's the Prowler. Oh, I'm sorry, not be. not the Rocket Racer, the Prowler. You're, you're correct, and the Spider Fan. That's <laughs> sorry, I am wrong. I apologize. <laughs> uh, and Tinker uh, shows up. Um, he uh, he actually makes a little cameo, not as the Tinker, but as Phineas Mason in season one, uh-huh. and uh, then becomes a Tinkerer. In season two, uh-huh. um, uh, he's voiced by uh, Tom Adcox. Yeah, and uh, um, who, uh, along with Keith David and myself, will be appearing at the gathering in Chicago, where we'll oh. the annual Gargoyles convention. You can check it out at www.gatheringofthegargoyles.com, and we're also doing a big Spider-Man panel there too. Awesome! Awesome! So, um, any looter or, t- or uh, rocket racers coming? I know you well, like current co- plans for looter, rocket racer, big wheel. But you know, give me enough episodes <laughs> and anything's possible. No doubt. Uh, his other question is aimed at Greg. Spidey is also known for having heartwarming or feel-good, inspiring stories, like the kid who collected Spider-Man and the Jenkins run. Are there any episodes planned in the future that were focused on these elements? Um, you know, I. I I like to think a lot of what we do is heartwarming and inspiring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, if they're specifically asking, do we have a current plan to adapt that specific issue, then the answer is not yet because we felt that, you know, to get to the kid collected Spider-Man, Spider-Man has to be around long enough to right. justify collection, if that makes sense. And so, right. um, you know, we are, uh, I like to think we're going to be doing some things that, you know, um, work on that level. But, um, you know, we gotta take time to get to the story so that they come when they're appropriate. In the, We've actually in the got, next month we have Roger Stern who wrote that story, The Kid Who Collected Spider-Man. He's our guest next month, so. He's, a, I'm a big fan of his. He, he had a great run. He invented the Hobgoblin back in the day. Yep. So he's, he's a big Spidey fan too. Uh, his third question is, will tragedy and death be shown in the future? <laughs> That's like a magic crystal ball. You got any death and tragedy coming? Sure. <laughs> There you go. Season oh, three. Wow. Season three. Season one. <laughs> Season one, okay. Uh, and how are the ratings so far? What are the reactions of your fellow colleagues about the show? Uh, as 
far as I know, the ratings have been really pretty great. Um, they, uh, we've done a little bit better every week, so that's good. We're building on our audience as opposed to losing the audience, and that's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would and, think, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we're doing very, very well with households and kids, and um, and I think we're uh, everyone's been sort of uh, surprised. Not me, actually, but uh, a lot of other people have been surprised as we're doing phenomenally well with with girls. Oh wow! Um, in fact, w- uh, someone told me at one point, and the number's so huge that I, I wonder if it isn't hyperbola. But the <laughs> point is the same: is that we've increased uh, girl viewership by three hundred percent. Wow! And, uh, and and you know we're doing good with boys too, but I think yeah, everyone sort of expected that, and uh, right. so. Um, and I like to think that's because you know the way we write the show, it's got something for everybody, and and uh, it's a bit of a cliche, but girls seem to like uh, you know the dynamics between the characters and the relationship stuff, and and the fact that you know you care about these characters, and I still think they like the action and everything else that yeah. everybody else likes, and so cool. it's sure. appealing to them. And generally, I mean, uh, peers and stuff have have been pretty great. They've said some really nice things. Sweet. Uh, uh, Capel 2000 from Brazil, uh, aims a question at Josh. Did you have, do you have, uh, or use any techniques to make the voice of Spider-Man behind the mask? Like wearing a mask or something in front of your mouth? Uh, no, and that's for a couple of reasons. Basically, whenever they're recording a vocal performance, they want to get it pretty pure and then if they want to add any kind of sounds like that they do that in post-production um, because if they were to do it with uh, you know a mask or something in front of my face then it would be already kind of muffled and then if they needed if they needed to change the sound of it for any any reason they wouldn't be able to do it since it'd already be processed that way um, so yeah there's 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 nothing that I do that's, that's I think, purely I think the kid envisions you with a Spider-Man mask on recording your lines in the studio or something like that <laughs> <laughs> I would wear the whole suit if it didn't make me look silly that would be really into the performance if you did that <laughs> definitely his uh, other questions aimed at Greg this new uh, will this new series maintain a young audience aspect or will it change during the seasons like the old Fox cartoon I think it's uh, he's asking if it's going to get grow older with the audience or something. Well, I, I, I think we probably addressed this already in the in the cast, but um, in the podcast. But uh, you know, uh, I've got a dream plan, which right. I should make very clear is is my wish, not something that like has been is official or anything. Which is that I'd, I'd like to do sixty five episodes, which is a standard sort of uh, syndication run. Mm-hmm. Um, set in high school so that we take him from, you know, the beginning of his junior year of high school all the way through graduation of his senior year. Um, and, and you know, I think that we've been writing the show all along and we'll continue to write the show on many levels so that there's stuff there for young kids and there's stuff there for adults and everyone in between. Um, but in terms of the setting, the plan would be to do these 65 episodes in the high school setting. Then what I'd love to do is have him go to college and, and do those as DVDs, um, and then our audience will have to some extent aged with us, yeah. and that that group uh, would then um, be interested in seeing some of the more uh, mature-oriented uh, stories that are part of the Spider-Man canon. Cool. Uh, Snipes has a question for Josh. He says, which villain would you like to voice in the cartoon? Which villain would I like to voice in the cartoon? Yeah. Um, let me see. 
Well, it'd have to be somebody that hasn't already shown up or that I haven't already uh, worked with because everybody that's been on the show I've, <laughs> I've loved. Um, let me think. Let me think. Walrus Man? You said last cast? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I would give that a whirl. <laughs> Walrus Man. Um, I don't even think that's a Spidey villain. I, we'll make him up for the show. <laughs> oh, no. it's a, He's an obscure one. Is he really? I, yes. Wow. Yes. He's, he's a very obscure Spider-Man villain that, that was brought to my attention a long time ago by, <laughs> by a good friend of mine. Um, and he has the, the proportional strength and speed of a walrus. Holy cow. Yeah. He's quite ridiculous. <laughs> I missed that issue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Any, anybody that comes to mind? or um, Man, it's tough because even, yeah. the, the, even villains that haven't shown up yet, they're... they're uh, their pre-villain counterpart has already shown up. Um, yeah, I'd have to think about that one because <laughs> I, I, I don't want to step on any toes with who's already there. I, I love everybody that's in yeah. there. Uh, this next one is from Spawn Guy. Um, he says, over the first season, I've noticed, I guess this one is aimed at Greg. He says, over the first season, I've noticed that there seems to be a theme per every three episodes. For example, the premiere episodes and the conclusion of the lizard buildup kind of speak for themselves, survival of the fittest, interactions and natural selections. The last four of this 13 episodes season do as well, assuming that, uh, these are accurate. Persona, group therapy and intervention and nature versus nurture. Definite psychological tones there. Is there going to be the, is this going to be the standard for each season? Not an overall arc, but rather different themes making up an overall arc. Um, yeah, I mean, each uh, DVD has its own theme. The, the theme for the first DVD, um, as he noted, was uh, Biology 101. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the theme for the second DVD is Economics 101, and so that was... Uh, Market forces, competition, and the invisible hand, those are all economics terms. And, okay. And, uh, that I like to think also applied to the episodes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the, the third, um, one, the third DVD, uh, is, uh, chemistry. And okay. the fourth is psychology. So. Okay. Um, each DVD sort of has its own, uh, lesson plan for Peter. Right, and that's kind of the the new uh, for, form we're in these days. I mean, when they made car- cartoons back in the day, they didn't go in with the the life after the show of DVDs. You know, the, they uh, have these definitely in mind when they're making these animated shows. Well, yeah, I mean, for us, yeah. it was not just a, a creative plan, but I mean, this is before I walked in the door. That was the economic model I was right. handed. Um, by the way, I'm thrilled by it because it allows us to do these individual episodes for television, but allows us to to uh, you know run um, subplots and ongoing stories and arcs throughout um, not just these individual um, DVDs, but across the entire season, across multiple seasons. Um, so it's it's worked out as a, a, a phenomenal boon create creatively. But the original purpose for it, um, and I'm not ashamed to say this, you know, it's an economic model. Part of our huge, if not most of our budget, is paid for by uh, Sony Home Entertainment, um, and because they plan on releasing these as DVDs. So um, the fact, you know, it just works out. I think great for everybody. Yeah, um, and it gives you a life after the show's off the air. Yeah, sure. and it so. gives us a place to, like I said, to put footage that we couldn't put in the. Yeah. 
on the air. So that's good too. And hopefully you and Josh can do some uh, DVD audio commentaries over the episodes. That'd be great. Oh, I'll definitely be there. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big I'm a big geek like that. I want to be a part of all of it. I see. I, I listen to audio commentaries. I love them. They're they're one of my favorite special features. Uh, yeah, Spawn guys. Uh, other question is aimed at Greg. Also, get given the legal uh, legal difficulty. And acquiring the kingpin rights because of the Daredevil license and presumably any other heroes and villains attached to big names like the Fantastic Four or the X-Men, would it be possible to slip in other Marvel villains that aren't from a rogues gallery to a specific hero or property? Pretty sure no one's going to use the eel, boomerang, or the headsman right now, although there are probably better examples out there. Could this also apply to heroes Spidey's worked with in his own titles in the past, like the Prowler, the Rocket Racer, the Puma, or the Silver Sable? Uh... Well, right now we're not operating under any kind of restriction so much as creatively who do we want to use. Um, right. And as, again, we discussed um, earlier in the podcast, um, you know, I, uh, we never wanted this show to be guest star of the week, um, oh. whether those guest stars were prominent or obscure. On the other hand, characters that are part of the Spider-Man universe um, will over time be showing up, and and as you mentioned, uh, Hobie Brown's already appeared, and, mm-hmm. and and if people know who Hobie's going to become, then they have some idea of why we included him so early. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of those other characters that got mentioned, we have a, a plan to include in season two also. I think cool. we'll leave it at that. Cool. Uh, for Josh, uh, Spawn Guy asks... Uh, is there any uh, other voice actors on the show or in the industry you'd like to play off of on the show on Spider-Man? Um, that's that's one of the things that's been great. I've, I've had the opportunity to just from this show to work with some incredible actors uh, like Clancy um, and uh, Kevin Michael Richardson and uh, James Arnold Taylor. I've known for a really really long time, but uh, even new people like Ben and and Crispin like. That well, they're not new to the industry, but they're they're new to me. That I, I just met them working on the show. Um, but yeah, I've already been able to work with so many cool people, and, yeah. and it's, it's it's exciting. I, I can't wait to see who comes down the line. And his last question is for both of you guys: uh, Have e- either of you had a favorite script to read over from the show so far? And is is it aired yet? <laughs> Um, I I definitely have. Uh, it has not aired yet. Okay. So, uh, but it, it is it is one of the later episodes in the last arc of the first season. But that that to me is is my favorite favorite script in the in in the in the season. And uh, when it airs, I'm sure everybody will know which one it is and, and why I like it so much. How about you, Greg? Have you had your favorite script out in the air yet? Um. Well, that's a little bit like trying to choose between your children. <laughs> in a lot of ways, they're all kind of. Um, mine, I have the feeling that the one Josh is talking about is probably, um, one of my favorites also. Um, but, uh, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure what Josh is talking about. (laughs) Um, I can't be positive, but I, you know, there, I, I've really enjoyed them all. I don't, you know, the great news is we've got terrific writing staff. I, I, I know this sounds somewhat obnoxious since I'm story editing all of them, but I don't think there's a stinker in the bunch. Um, I, you know, I think uh, all these, you know, um, see, I mean, I, I've uh, edited 22 out of the 26 scripts already, and I mm-hmm. think they're all pretty yeah. darn kick-ass. So um, <laughs> cool. uh, I, uh, uh, I'm pretty happy with what we've got. 
Uh, this next guy's from Los Angeles. I can't really pronounce his handle. It's X-K-A-L-Y-B-R. X-K-A-L-Y-B-R. Oh, Excalibur. <laughs> he just, uh-huh. he just spelled it weird. Okay. Uh, this one's, uh, congrats, congratulations to Josh on being given the keys to a huge franchise and industry. You've done a great job. <laughs> and the keys drive oh, a Mini you. Cooper. <laughs> uh, Josh, what was your favorite Spider-Man comic book storyline in the books? Do you have one? Uh, favorite comic book storyline? I, I really, I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but I, I really enjoyed the, the Sin Eater arc. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, that was one that I really enjoyed. Um, there, yeah, there's, there's a few. I mean, there's, I, I would say that it's, it's more of a, of a villain thing because there's so many times where the villains will pop up in yeah. other, in other arcs. And, and I, I always love the, the Venom showdowns yeah. and, um, you know, I know that, I know that he's really popular, but he's still, he's still did, one of my, one of my favorites. And did Marvel, the, did Marvel give you like a stack of books to read up on the character? Uh, they okay. did not. I, uh, I started, I started, well, when I, when I first took a trip down to Culver Entertainment and visited everybody at the show and, and, you know, saw Greg's office, I saw how he had all of the essentials. <laughs> and as soon as I saw that, I was like, man, I, I felt bad. I'm like, I really need to be doing my homework. So, so I started picking those up. And then, uh, a friend of mine, uh, let me borrow. He has the, uh, the Marvel CD oh, yeah. ROMs. Uh, where it's it's like forty years of Spider-Man on on a set of like eleven D, uh, yeah. eleven CDs and they're all uh, scans, full PDFs and full colors. So I've been I've been working my way through those and reading those. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean they 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 didn't they didn't give me anything, but I, I still kind of started taking the initiative to to do it because it's it's really important. And if I'm gonna be playing yeah. this part, then I need to bring as much as much uh, depth to he it. He also wants to know a little bit more. Uh, we kind of talked about your Mini Cooper and your action figure and license plate, but he wants to know anything else in your personal life that has a Spider-Man theme, like a tattoo or a wall poster um, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have I have the poster where that uh, Stanley autographed. I have okay. that framed and hanging on my wall. Um, and, hey, you know, I, I, I'm not a huge tattoo guy. I enjoy tattoos. I have mm-hmm. a few. Um and uh, you know, depending on how long the show goes, I'll probably have uh, I'll probably yeah. have cheeks uh, do a really cool sweet. one, and, and I'll get that because yeah, I mean, it's Spider Man. It's it's not something that that's gonna look lame. It's like even if I wasn't on the show, I you know I, I wouldn't be uh, averse to getting a Spider Man yeah. tattoo. But since I'm playing him, it's like, you know, hey. some people get mom on their shoulder, maybe Aunt May on your shoulder. There you go. <laughs> now that would be lame. I'm sorry. Uh, next one's for Greg. The lizard episode was the best one so far, in his opinion. Spidey was shown getting beat up, injured, and almost getting his head bit off. In the end, he wins, but he loses his job and respect from his friends. That is why this is what Spider-Man and Peter Parker are all about. It's what made him so popular. Will you show more that Peter being Spider-Man is a great thing, but the price Peter has to pay is sometimes too overwhelming? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think that's one of the fundamental archetypes of this of the series is that, uh, and particularly for our young Peter slash Spidey, um, it's that catch twenty two that we talked about earlier, which is that um, you know being a Spider Man is a huge release. You know, we all have the normal stresses of life and 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 adolescence. Well, I'm I'm not going through adolescence at the moment, but um, I was there yeah. once and. Uh, you know, we have those stresses, and, and he's got this great release, and, and the, the catch-22 of it is is the more time he spends as Spider-Man, the more stress it puts on his life as Peter Parker, and the more he needs and wants that release as Spider-Man. So there's this vicious circle element to it that's always been a sort of inherent part of uh, 
you know, the Spider-Man, you know, concept. Uh, and um, so it's absolutely something that we're going to play. I, I don't think we're going to play every moment as a defeat. I don't think we've done that so far. I, I don't, and I don't plan on doing that. I mean, again, this is a, a young Spidey. Weight of the world is not yet on his shoulders. Wow. Um, he's still a kid. <laughs> and uh, he's yeah. still a kid, so I, I think he'll have his victories. He'll have his um, Pyrrhic victories. He'll have his defeats. And he'll he'll uh, ring some uh, promising stuff even out of yeah. some defeats. Um, and out of some victories, yeah, you know, will come bad news. But... Um, but that's, you know, that's I don't know if you guys are on the board from the questions I'm reading, but that Excalibur has a picture of Nightwing drawn by an artist and him in a homemade costume. So congrats, Exca- Excalibur, oh, nice. for that. <laughs> uh, Man Spider from Milton, Massachusetts. He goes, hey, guys, I love the show. My question is for both of you. Are there any villains that you'd like to see show up later in the show? Well, I guess that'd be a big spoiler for if we talk about that far. We talked about Hobgoblin in Season 3, you said. Oh, there's a lot of stuff happening yeah. in season three. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening in yeah. season two. There's a lot of stuff happening in season three, and I've got some plans uh, for season uh, four. Um, I mean, again, the further out you go, the vaguer yeah. everything is in my head. Um, but uh, you know, I, I definitely have uh, some people in mind for uh, uh, for four and and for five as yeah. well. But you know. We're now so far away that um, I think, you know, the fact that I've given up some spoilers for seasons one, two, and three is probably plenty. What about season 23? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Zantastic. Uh, That's Mr. Fantastic's brother, evidently. This one goes to Greg. He wants to know about the death of Gwen Stacy or the Clone Saga. Will we be seeing any of those storylines coming up? Um, Not in the short term. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I hesitate to say that because, you know, in point of fact, any of our characters are at theoretical mm-hmm. risk, um, you know, but, uh, um, if, you know, what, what we're trying to do here is, again, the high school years, not the college right. years. Are, are you a fan of the Clone Saga? Not many people are. <laughs> um, I There are things about yeah. it I like, um, you know, um, it, you take any... Uh, storyline and there's probably the seed of something great there and some I like more than others I suppose but uh, um, you know I, I'm not adverse to doing clones on the show I'm not at all adverse to that I just uh, you know how we handle it has to be cohesive with how we, we're doing the series as well. uh, the next one's aimed at Josh what's it like to be be able to bring Peter Parker to life. He says he was Spider-Man last year in his town's parade to earn some extra cash, and I wasn't allowed to talk, so I couldn't be the Peter Parker that I really knew I could be. <laughs> so, oh man, he, he wasn't allowed. He to wasn't talk. allowed that to sucks. talk in the parade. That's that does suck. But you're you're allowed to talk. Oh, <laughs> um, it's it's great. It's it's a lot of fun. I, I mean, I think I've, I've said it before earlier in the podcast, but I, I really feel as though I relate a lot to the character just because I, I kind of was a very similar guy growing up in school. Um, so uh, it's it's kind of fun to revisit yeah. it. It's uh, it, but I, I get to revisit it as somebody that's even cooler than I was. <laughs> so <laughs> I was I wasn't very. No, cool. I don't think not <laughs> any of us were. <laughs> Irish lad whose avatar is a big thing of Guinness. <laughs> From Dublin, Ireland. Nice. He says, hi, Josh and Greg. 
Uh, he hasn't seen uh, the show on this side of the pond in Ireland, and I'm not sure when our neighbors in the UK will get it. Do you guys have any overseas info when these guys can see the show? With the exception, um, I, I don't. You know, they don't. They don't keep me too up to speed on the, the yeah. business side of things, which maybe in yeah. a way is a good thing. There you go. <laughs> I got enough. He, he's mind. seen a couple clips on YouTube, and that can get kind of iffy. Uh, I think Sony's pulled a few YouTube clips down, but he says it looks really good. Um, Josh, how did you approach? How did you approach Peter's voice? Is it like your own voice? And since Peter is supposed to be from Queens, New York, do you ever try and catch some of the Queens inflections? <laughs> Um, it, it is a lot like my own voice, um, a bit, a bit younger, I would say, cause, you know, he is in high school and I'm not. Um, but in terms of, in terms of Queens, New York, I, I didn't really try to go so much for the accent. I mean, if, if I needed to, it, it's something I could have done. But, um, again, Peter Parker is really, really probably the closest in, in, in these stories that you can get to, to an everyman. So I, I didn't really want to really regionalize yeah. him so much, um. And, and make it something that was that specific. Um, I think that, uh, that, that kind of specificity comes with, uh, with some of the villains, but Peter, somebody I, I, I think that everybody should be able to identify with. And if you, if you, uh, really make him sound like he's from a certain place, then, then it, it's yeah. not as identifiable. And then he's not the everyman, he's the Queen's man. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, Sir Dan Dan, again from Manchester, UK. Man, we're, you, you guys have fans all over the world. Uh, just I need to tell you guys how much I love the show. You have truly captured the feel of the early Spider-Man stories we all love. Uh, Greg, so far, you have done nothing but impress me with how you are dealing with the villains. I have, however, noticed that it appears that you will be tackling Venom quite early on in the show in comparison to the comics. I find this a little odd, since so far you've been keeping it very close to the original timeline. Can you please explain the reason for this decision? Um, I'd be happy to explain it after episode 13. Um, I, I think uh, explaining it now would just give too many spoilers yep. away. Um, so maybe at the end of the season we'll do another podcast okay. or something if you want. But uh, but right now uh, I, I think the reason for it will become clear as, as the last uh, seven episodes un- unfold and... Um, and uh, if it's still not clear, ask the question yeah. again. And, you know, something I've noticed, you know, Stan Lee, in, in the early days, he didn't have all these characters, this big pot of characters to cook a big meal with, you know. He didn't have Eddie Brock. Right. He didn't have, uh, well, he had Norman. Well, not until about issue 37 or something. But I, I think in hindsight, he would have put uh, Eddie Brock in the, in the storyline, et cetera, but. Well, you know, I'm, I'm always hesitant to speak yeah. more, Stan. Uh, but, <laughs> Feel free. <laughs> but, but I do think, you know, we have the we have uh, the virtue of, of hindsight here. Um, the people who are going to someday be important to uh, Peter, we know who those people are going to be. And again, we, we made a, a conscious decision that we were going to conflate eras. I mean, you know, one could ask, why is Eddie coming in so soon? One could ask, why is... Gwen and Harry coming yeah. in so soon. I mean, if I it, we could have, if we really wanted to be completely purist about it, we could have limited ourselves to uh, Liz and 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 Flash and Betty and and uh, and just done, you know, without exception, the stuff from the early Lee Ditko days. But we made a decision that you know we didn't want to wait to see interesting char- characters like Harry, like Gwen, like Mary Jane, who just premiered this right. past Saturday. Uh, uh, we didn't want to wait to introduce Norman Osborn. We didn't want to wait to introduce Eddie Brock. 
um, or Joe Robertson, for that matter, you know, or some of the characters, both, you know, small and large, who appeared in later times, we just tried to, A, be true to them, and B, as, as we discussed earlier, you know, um, I, I'm not introducing college Harry Osborne or Mary Jane or Gwen Stacy. I'm, I'm, I'm extrapolating back and trying to figure out who those characters would be in high school. I'm making choices, and I can totally get that some of the fans might not agree with some of those choices, but, um, but what they should understand is that they're not made arbitrarily. They're not just sort of like, well, let's just do this. You know, I mean, it, a lot of thought, from not just myself, but from the entire writing staff, from uh, Vic um, and the directors and, and uh, Michael Vogel and uh, Craig Kyle and uh, Diane Crea and uh, Josh Fine and Adam Tula over at Marvel. I mean, a lot of people went into this, um, and I know that makes it sound like it's a decision by committee, but really we were all in such agreement about what we wanted the show to be. It, it doesn't feel like committee it feels like hey this must be the right direction because we're not fighting you know i mean and you said you weren't fighting uh, earlier when you were ready to fight when uh you wanted josh keaton to have the role (laughs) so (laughs) yeah well i mean we definitely i mean as we said earlier you know there there have been moments when i've you know hey i've done a lot of shows i'm not you know i've been doing this for 20 years i've done a lot of work and sometimes you know Mm -hmm. it's a battle so it's really refreshing to not have it be a battle, you know, and it makes you feel pretty confident that you're probably heading in the right direction when everyone is pretty much in sync on, you know, you sort of pitch, well, here's what we want to do, and and they kind of go, that's cool. <laughs> that feels pretty good, you know, I mean, and it gives you a lot of confidence. Well, maybe we're Boxing gloves right are going to get some dust on them. You're not having to fight so much. Yeah, and I, by the way, totally <laughs> awesome. fine with them. Uh, this next one's aimed at Josh, and Josh, I'm going to send you a link through Skype. Uh, he's he's uh, okay. that, that's where all the message board questions are on that link I just sent you. And he says, after okay. years of people trying and failing, I am quite happy to announce that you are in fact the perfect person to voice everyone's favorite wall crawler. Not only not only can you Thanks. sound smart when required, you can also you also have the gift of delivering the funny lines expertly. Now, I don't have a question so much as a request. Could you please read out my favorite piece of Spider-Man dialogue so I can hear my all-time favorite voice of Spider-Man delivering my all-time favorite Spider-Man quote? If this is too much to ask, don't worry about it. And the quote it. All right. Well, it, it, what uh, if you scroll down on that page, I'm at Sir Dan Dan, and he's got it. Which, uh, which page is oh, it? Oh, we're on the here. last page of the message. Okay, last page. And if you scroll about right. the middle of the page, there's a Sir Dan Dan uh, Here it says, see Dan that Dan. a guy can jump around in his underwear and make a spect. I, that's got, that's got to be a Brian that's Michael it. Bendis yeah, a line. Guy, <laughs> a guy can't jump around in his underwear and make a spectacle of himself without the ladies acting like he's saying. Okay, he wants so you to read it as Spidey. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, I gotta make sense of this, cause, uh, let me see. I, I don't know the context, but let's see. A guy can't jump around in his underwear and make a spectacle of himself without the ladies acting. Oh, you see that? A guy can't jump around in his underwear and make a spectacle of himself without the ladies acting like he's some kind of guy running around in his underwear making a spectacle of himself. <laughs> Perfect. I think I think you just made the guy in the U- Manchester UK's day. <laughs> uh, awesome. DXD. Uh, have you ever read the Marvel Knights 12-issue series by Mark Miller? Was that something that you were able to draw upon which had the similar theme of Norman Osborn supplying supervillains to keep Spidey busy? Um. I uh, 
I, I've, I haven't read the whole thing. I've read bits of it. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, again, our, our big focus was on the early Lee Ditko and Lee Ramita issues, but, you know, if I, something feels right from a different era, we're not hesitant. To <laughs> uh, he says, what do you guys think of the old 1970s live action Nicholas Hammond Spider-Man show? Josh, have you seen that? It was the seventies oh, live was action show. No, I never, saw, never it. saw it. Oh man, I, I I'd, I'd no. love to check it out though. Yeah. I, I'd love to see a live <laughs> it's action. It's very, di- especially one from. It's very disco esque. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait a second, is this the one that? Uh... Oh no no no, I'm thinking I'm thinking of something I, else. I can... Okay. <laughs> I was thinking of something they parodied on The Simpsons, but then it, it wasn't that they they were parodying uh, yeah. the, the old Batman. Uh, Gre- Greg, have you seen the old seventies show? I thought oh, when wow. it was on, but I haven't seen it since then. So um, one has to understand that what I'm about to say is colored by my memories of seeing uh-huh. it as a kid. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I I remember thinking the webs looked a little cheesy and the mask looked yeah. a little cheesy. Um, but and, and I don't remember any real details of the stories or anything like that. I have no idea if it would hold up at all. But, you know, as a kid, when you're, and particularly in that day and age, you're just exactly. starved for stuff starring characters that you cared about. I mean, you know, the DC characters, the Marvel characters. I mean, I was, I've always been a big DC and Marvel fan, both. And, and so anything that came out that, that had those things, I, it was just like, you know, oh, thank <laughs> God, something, you know. And, um, but, uh, yeah, it's been, it's literally, I forget exactly what year yeah. those were, but even if, it was late seventies. Uh, it, you know, that means it's been something yeah. like thirty years see, that's, since I've seen it. So I have no idea. See, that's another show. I, I don't think it holds up anymore. But I, I, that's another show. I wish it would be released on DVD. They're releasing the old Incredible Hulk shows with uh, Bill Bixby, and those still hold up. Well, see, those, yeah. those, I think. I mean, I'm sure there are yeah. cheesy moments in there, but those, I, I'd lay odds, yeah. really do hold up. I mean, first off, I saw them when I was older, and so I, my memory of them yeah. is a lot clearer. Um, but, uh, you know, just, uh, yeah. Bixby was great. I mean, he was just great in those, and that music yeah. was fantastic. I mean, that was some of the best, uh, you know, just that, that image with that, that, uh, yeah. score playing as he'd walk down the highway at the end yeah. of most episodes. That was, that Josh, was I sent, just sent you a link to, uh, the Spider-Man 1970s intro where they do the credit roll <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> oh, awesome. Uh, his other question is, uh, any chance of seeing non-traditional Spidey foes, specifically the Cobra, Hyde, the Juggernaut, or Dr. Doom? Do we have any legal issues with those guys? Well, I mean, people keep asking me about legal issues, but that's yeah. sort of missing the point. I mean, um, I, I, uh, we're, we've got this incredible canon of villains. I mean, I haven't even gotten to obscure yeah. villains yet. I mean, obscure Spidey villains yet. Um, you know, people are at least a little upset that we don't have the room to get to Scorpion yeah. until season three, you know, and, and I understand that, but the truth is is that we're jam-packed as it is. Um, and so for me to sort of be going off the board, so to speak, um, to bring in uh, Doom or, or uh, Juggernaut or someone like that, you know, I, I, where yeah. would I fit them? You know, I 
feel like I really need to service the Spider-Man canon before we even consider yeah. going off the board. Uh, Stuart Green from Austin, Texas. Uh, his question's about Quentin Beck Mysterio. When will he make an appearance? Uh, well, Quentin Beck first appears um, in episode uh, 10. Um, Mysterio doesn't okay. appear until season 2. He also says, since Montana is Shocker as of now, does this mean he will or will not be replaced by Herman Schultz, the Shocker in the comics, or are on the cartoon in a later season? Um, you know, I, I'm going, I mean, I really think we answered this already. Um, you know, I, I go back to saying, um, yes, I know who Herman Schultz is in a technical sense. I've read the comics. I know who he is. But if you ask me who mm-hmm. he is as a person, the answer to me is that he yeah. was a cipher. And so we made a decision, and I gather that a lot of fans are not happy with that, but some don't seem to mind it, to conflate these two characters together. Um, and uh, I get that some people are upset by it, but I, I, I got to say, I got to challenge you to say, yes, I know he was an inventor, I know he was a burglar, I get it. I know technically who Herman Schultz is, but I have not just read these comics, I've studied them. Tell me who Herman Schultz is, what it is about him, yeah. other than the name, <laughs> that you miss. Um, and, uh, and, and maybe someone out there's got it. Maybe there's been some one Spider-Man... Shocker story that I missed where we really learned who Herman was and that that matters, but, um, I have, I, then I must have missed it because I, you know, I have really studied these things and to me, the thing that was inherent, and I, I don't consider that true about Otto Octavius or Norman Osborne or, or, um, many, many other, uh, characters, Flint Marco, um, etc., but the thing to me that was the inherent truth about Shocker was the powers and the suit and the armbands and how cool all that was. And I say that being a big Shocker fan, I've always liked Shocker. Um, you know, again, my first exposure to Spider-Man were the Lee Ramita era. Right. You know, and so Shocker was one of my first big Spider-Man villains. And having said all that, Herman, you know, before I started rereading this stuff a year and a half ago, I couldn't have told you Shocker's name, and I'm a big geek. Now, I know the name, and I knew it before the show aired, but nothing about him jumped out at me other than um, the powers, and so we decided to to, to give that to uh, Montana. I gather some people are still holding out hope that Herman's going to come back, and my question yeah. is, who the hell's Herman? Um, and I don't say that lightly. I just feel like, you know... Um, we did what we needed to do with Shocker. Yeah. Shocker will be back. Um, but if they're holding out hope for Herman, then I'm, I'm okay. going to dash that hope. Uh, three questions aimed at Josh. Of Side from Spidey, what other Marvel heroes do you like? Let's see, I really, I really like Wolverine, um, especially uh, you know the Logan stuff. Uh, he's 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 just a badass. He's always been a cool guy. Um, I really like uh, yeah. I really like the Punisher. Um, and yeah. well, obviously Spider-Man. Yeah, I like. I like. There's a. There's a lot of. Hope you think you could voice like as well. those two, Punisher or uh, uh, Wolverine? Uh, yeah, yeah. I actually that that would be one that I would yeah. I would love to voice at some point. Would be uh, would be Wolverine actually. Wolverine would be some, and Wolverine would actually be somebody I'd would, love to play live action. Yeah. 
that that uh, like with Spidey, you, you, you're more of your voice now, but with Wolverine, you'd have to take it down a few few octaves, I guess. Yeah, yeah, he'd he'd yeah. he'd be he'd be more of a badass. He'd uh, cool. yeah. Uh, I, and his other question, for... not to say not to say <laughs> Spidey's not a badass, but he'd he'd have more of that that kind of. The, yeah, definitely a deeper, yeah. uh, rawer texture to like his Spider Man doesn't run around naked in the sure. in the woods <laughs> like Wolverine does. Yeah, so he's definitely exactly. a badass in that aspect. Uh, his other question for Josh is: I heard there's a new Spider Man video game coming out this year or next year. Will you be involved as the voice of a character in the game, like Spider Man or Harry Osborn? Um, I have okay. no knowledge of it. So uh, if if it's coming out later this year and and I haven't done it, then then I am. Probably not going to be in it because they usually uh, they usually get that out of the way ahead of time. Um, See, yeah, uh, probably, also probably Ultimate not. Alliance Two is coming out, and I'd I'd love you to come back and be Spider Man or Human Torch on that too. Have, has anybody talked to you about that at all? Definitely. Uh, oh man, no, not to my knowledge. Uh, and and again, if 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 I'm not in it, it's not because yep. it was a personal choice on my on my behalf to not be in it. It's it's because whoever was making that video game yeah. didn't contact me or didn't. Uh, or or heard my audition and didn't think I. But do you have any other video games coming up that you are going to be in Grand Theft Auto Four? <laughs> uh, no, I, I have. Uh, well, we talked about this earlier in the podcast. Right. Uh, Leisure, Leisure Suit Larry. They're they're uh, you know bringing back that franchise, okay. and I'm going to be in that. Uh, Ninja Gaiden Two uh, is another big one that's going to be coming out. Uh, uh, yeah. Josh, what do you think of the current Spider-Man comic books, and do you read them? Um, <laughs> I've been so busy with um, trying to. You know, really catch up on all the old stuff and uh, and and doing the show that I, I really haven't had a chance to read anything current. Um, that's probably gonna be something that I'm gonna have to put in line after after the classics and after I really catch up on everything that's and already. Stewart's already there, last you know. question. Uh, he has two, and then then we're done. <laughs> uh, these two are aimed for Greg and Josh. What do you guys think of the two previous Spider-Man cartoons, the five-season John Semper Spider-Man cartoon and its short-lived one-season sequel, Spider-Man Unlimited? Greg, you can take that one. Well, uh, I never saw Spider-Man Unlimited at all, so I, I just have no opinion. Um, and uh, I didn't, you know, I was I was working, so I didn't see much of. Uh, of uh, Spider-Man the Animated Series, uh, either I've seen a, a couple episodes here and there, um, and it seems like some fun stuff. Um, uh, but you know, uh, I, I will say that uh, when I did start on this job, I also, as much as I was going back and rereading old uh, <laughs> comics and stuff, I did make a conscious decision not to go back and look at. The cartoon shows um, because I wanted the sort of mental freedom to um, do stuff different or do stuff the same and not worry about the fact that hey I took the exact yeah. same approach they took I I didn't want to bog myself down with that it, I'm sure I, since we're all working off the same source material I'm sure we're doing certain things that other cartoons in the past have already done and I'm sure there are certain things that we've taken a totally different approach and everything in between um, but I, I kind of made that decision. I mean, again, the Spider-Man cartoon I grew up with right. was the 60s cartoon, and I didn't go back and watch that one either um, because, again, I, I just I didn't – it's been years, and I didn't want to bog myself down uh, and start to worry about, ooh, they did that, so maybe I shouldn't, or, oh, they didn't do that, so maybe I should, or, right. or anything like that. I just wanted to take those kind of considerations right. out of And, the Josh, game. have you seen uh, the 90s Spidey and the Spidey Unlimited show? 
Um, I've never seen Unlimited. I did see some of the 90s episodes, and, uh, and for the most part, and, and I saw them when I was younger, and for the most part, I, I, I enjoyed it. And uh, I, I guess my main gripes <laughs> would have been uh, a lot of the same things that, that a lot of people had problems with, the fact that, that you couldn't yeah. punch on the show, and, and you know a lot of the standards and practices issues um, really kind of got in the way of, uh, of some of the storytelling. But you know, from what I saw, I, I enjoyed what I saw, and... Um, like Greg, I, I didn't go back and watch them because for pretty much the same reasons. I, I, I wanted to bring uh, my own portrayal to the character and not uh, not have it in my head. Because, you know, if you if you go back and you watch it, then, right. then you're, you're going to have it in your head and, and, and right. you don't you don't want to lock yourself down to that. You want Christopher you Daniel Barnes, I think, was the voice of Spider-Man in the 90s show. Have you met any other Spider-Man? I mean, like Toby, have you met him or any of the other guys? Uh, I have not. I actually, no, no, I haven't. I'm trying to think. I, I thought I might have. Run into him somewhere, but I know Reno. Formal meeting. I, I do. Which know one Reno. was Reno? Reno was he the sixties? No, I think he was. Uh, I think he oh, was unlimited. unlimited. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. He was the voice. See, that one only aired like three episodes on Fox, and it was basically Venom and Carnage got on a rocket ship and Spidey tagged along to an alternate world in the negative zone. <laughs> how did how did they uh, do Carnage when? I don't think Fox was able to uh, show any kind basically of basically just a red dude like with that. tentrils, or you know, just flinging around. I don't. Th- he was. He wasn't. He wasn't very. Oh, man, mean at all. And I. And I think I've seen maybe one episode on YouTube of Spider-Man Unlimited. It. it there's a reason it only lasted three. I don't think it was well received at all. So, uh, guys, oh, Greg, I'll give you one more. I'll give you a little bit to wrap it up. Anything that we can look forward to that we haven't talked about? Uh, I definitely gave away a lot more than I was originally planning to give away. (laughs) Um, um, But, uh, yeah, you know, I I just hope people can, you know, the fans have been great. I hope they continue to enjoy the show and continue to give us a chance. Um, We've got uh, some great, you know, we've got two arcs uh, left. um, Our and uh, I hope uh, they enjoy those. Um, we've got some great villains coming up: Goblin, Doc Ock, um, Venom, and that's right. not all. And that's just this season. And then um, you know we'll be back with season two. Uh, again, I'd just like to uh, send out a, a huge thanks to everybody that's been watching and supporting the show. Um, you know, from from one Spider-Man fan to a bunch of others. Uh, yeah. I'm really glad to have all your support. And that wraps up our two-part interview with Josh and Greg. Many thanks to those two fellows. They're great guests, and I think Spidey is in very much good hands. And we have one more podcast for April coming up. That's the second hour of our live call-in show. That was a blast, and I think we'll revisit that format uh, next month. Now, coming up in May, writer Roger Stern will be our guest. If you'd like to ask him a question, I've started thread on our message board. It's in the Crawl Space 101 section. Also, I want to give a thanks to Jay. He left a review of our show on iTunes. He was very kind, and we're always needing more reviews. We're only up to eight, so feel free to leave your two cents on iTunes, and also feel free to subscribe to the show. Now, we'll be back in a few days to wrap up the live call-in show, and I'm Brad Douglas, your host and webmaster of the SpiderManCrawlspace.com. <laughs>